this you know this is something I never experienced with with any musician that controlled the direction the intensity with which he played and what was also interesting was how Clarence Gary Talent and Dan Federici responded to him that's the hardest thing to get in the band is everybody pushing in the same direction right. and they had that Today we have something special on Set Lessing, Bruce. Steve Hawk, who's been on the podcast before, does a great uh, blog, livingonmusic.com, where he has interviewed multiple musicians. Um, Steve is going to be on the show coming up soon. And after we ended up, uh, you know, we finished the podcast, he brought up the fact that he wanted to get into more podcasting. And I asked him, like, what are your thoughts? What are your dreams? Because I always want to help people be creative and do their own thing. And he said, well, a lot of the interviews that I've written for my blog, I recorded the discussion. And I used that for my notes. And so I was thinking I might be able to take those interviews and put them in an audio form and use them as part of a podcast. And I told him I thought that was brilliant. I certainly would love for him to be his own podcast. But in the meantime, I said, why don't you use Set Lessing Bruce as your platform and we can do a special, you know, Living on Music um, spinoff, you know, Living on Music episodes. So he decided that was a cool thing to do. So today, <laughs> we have an interview with Max Weinberg. So could it be even more appropriate uh, on Set Lessing Bruce? We're talking to Mighty Max. Here you go. The first of what I hope is many episodes of Living on Music from my buddy Steve, um, right here on Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast for all things Springsteen fandom. Take it away, Steve. Hi, it's Steve Houck from livingonmusic.com. About 45 years ago, a young drummer from New Jersey was playing underneath the stage for the Broadway musical Godspell. Great gig for a guy that age, a drummer. But he wasn't realizing his rock and roll dreams. Heard about an audition over in Jersey for a rock band. Knew there was an artist uh, leading the way who had a couple of records, um, nothing too successful yet, but also had a contract with Columbia, so it was an enticement. Max Weinberg showed up at Bruce Springsteen's studio, walked in, and there were Gary, Clarence, Danny, and Bruce. And Max Weinberg wouldn't look back. 45 years later, he remains the drummer for the Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band and has had one of the greatest careers in rock and roll drumming history. He was also the musical director for the successful run of the Conan O'Brien show on television <clears throat> and continues to have a wonderful run as the drummer for his own band, Max Weinberg's Jukebox. I had the privilege and honor and great pleasure of talking to Max about three months ago about his upcoming tour, 
but also talking a lot about his life with Bruce and how much Bruce affected his life, not just musically. Um, thought I'd like to share a little bit with you. Hello, Steve Howe. Hello, Steve. This is Max Weinberg calling. Max Weinberg. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you doing? Max, I'm going to toss some journalistic objectivity right out the friggin' window and, and just say this is a big one for me, and, uh, and what a joy to talk to you, man. How, how are you? Well, I'm well. It's nice to talk to you, too. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, best day of my life. <laughs> You're living the dream. That's, that's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about what makes you happiest these days, Max. You know, music is often a, an easy one, but w what's making you feel, you know, kind of the most happy and content right now in, in your life? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I really do focus on my family and the fact that my children are very... Uh, uh, engaged in their individual careers and, and, and doing excellent work. My daughter is a uh, producer over at uh, the PBS News Hour. Yes. Uh, yeah, you guys, uh, they're out now in uh, Arlington. Right. Yeah. And my son is a drummer for Slipknot. Yeah, I know that. Oh my God, he's still rocking it, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. He's living the dream. And, you know, my wife and I, Becky, have been together for we live down here in Florida, so life is life is really uh, good. I play the drums when I want to, as I'm uh, doing when I come up to the Wolf Trap, and uh, which, by the way, is you know I'm not just saying it, it's a fantastic venue. Yes, it I is. I love playing there. The barns of Wolf Trap, incredible. We've been there several times. So you know, here I am, 68 years old, and playing the drums. In my view, better than I've ever played them. Uh, the, that is something. 50 years ago, I, I wasn't so sure I would be doing that. I couldn't even conceive of playing the drums at this age. <laughs> right. Even 30. 30 was like, oh, I'll never be playing drums at 30. And uh, so here I am. You know, it's, uh, life is, is very good. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, man, really. Um, having felt like I've known you uh, for 40 years, it's, it's wonderful to hear that from you. Tell me about the Jukebox Tour. Um, you know, is, it, is, is this run anything different from the other ones and you know how, how do you guys come about the songs on this tour well the jukebox uh we as if you've seen us in yes it's audience requests right try to create a party atmosphere and the songs are changing all the time and uh you know we've been since the we played there last time continued to play play a lot played all summer long all over the place from the east coast to the midwest to the west coast and back and What's interesting is the songs that, to me, in any case, are the songs that people choose. You can never, you can never guess what they're gonna, what they're gonna ask for. Some nights it could be all Beatles. Uh, some nights it's more Bruce Springsteen uh, asked for right. or requested. Um, so it's the same approach. You pick the songs, and what I tell people is, I guarantee you're gonna know every song we play. There's no bathroom breaks at this show. No, it sounds, it, I mean, it really sounds like this, this tour is something you really enjoy. Well, I do enjoy, you know, I enjoy playing this material. In some cases, songs that I played when I was a kid, when I was learning how to play the drums. So for me, it's kind of a full circle. Uh, you know, I don't write music. Uh, I like to interpret others' music. Certainly I've had the opportunity, uh, a unique platform for drumming uh, in being able to play on uh, Bruce's music since... 1974 right. and uh, that's 
you know, that's very challenging and fun also. That's sort of the idea is when I sit down, I want us to musically laugh, so to speak. I want to have a good time. And, you know, I manage to do that whenever I play, whatever kind of music it is I play. You, there's in you know in researching you and kind of knowing you from afar for a long time you when you broke into you know playing with Bruce you you had some people that you were modeling or evoking and Ringo and Levon are two of them were they influences for a while for you and what other influences did you have um, going in Max I've been influenced by actually every drummer and musician I think that I've ever seen it may sound like an overstatement but I can remember seeing this young kid on a corner playing on virtually pots and bands in Jamaica, in Kingston, Jamaica, and the funkiest little kid you ever want to hear. And I was just fascinating. And, you know, you take that stuff inside. Uh, of course, you know, the classics for me, whether it was DJ Fontana with Elvis Presley, Ringo and the Beatles, Charlie Watts and the Stones, Dave Clark, my drumming is, is uh, contains a lot of Dave Clark's influence. And I saw the Dave Clark Five oh. today of 1964 and uh, what a powerhouse drummer wow I was only I was maybe 75 feet away from me he was playing drums and I could hear perfectly even though it was you know crazy screaming and uh, you know powerful driving drummer uh, you know he's been well, maybe a bit overlooked through the years for his drumming because he was also such a successful producer and, and businessman Dave Clark was but to me he was you know a drummer he had his he had his name on the bass drum right on the front of Dave Clark 5, and I said, that's a good job. Oh, that's you know, he was right. one of the few drummers that had his name on the drum in rock and roll. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't think of the Dave Clark 5 to have a powerhouse drummer. I, uh, that is fabulous to know. Wow. Oh, yeah, and I, and I was there to witness it. And at one point, the Dave Clark 5 were as big as had, uh, a uh, pretty solid ability to improvise and also... Uh, take direction and the first song I played with Bruce I could immediately tell this you know this is something I've never experienced with with any musician that controlled the direction the intensity with which he played and what was also interesting was how Clarence Gary Talent and Dan Federici responded to him that's the hardest thing to get in the band is everybody pushing in the same direction right. and they had that Roy Bidden had not yet joined, so there was no keys, and it was just the, the five of us uh, playing. And it was it the five? Yeah, it was uh, Danny, Clarence, Bruce, and uh, Gary. So it was five of us, and we had a great time. It turned into a three-hour kind of jam session. And, wow. Uh, and I didn't know who he was. Uh, I knew that he was on Columbia Records, so he was doing better than I would. Was He had a, a record deal. And it was like falling in love, you know, just I've been looking for that kind of connection. And I think everyone in the history band has that story, really uh, looking for a connection musically. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, it pops into my life in the form of Bruce Springsteen and his band. Um, that was in 1974. And at the time, I'd been playing in the Broadway show of Godspell. I was doing club dates playing top 40 music whenever and wherever I could. I was living home with my parents, and so I was busy all the time. I was also going to college, right. Seton Hall University in New Jersey, right? Uh, where I actually graduated 15 years later in 1989. Yeah, I saw that. That's wild. 
No, I went back in 89. I graduated sure. in 90. And right. uh, so I've always been a kind of multitasker and uh, always looking to get better. So playing, the hardest thing in the band to get, as I said, is everybody pushing the same direction. It's also extraordinarily hard to have great material. And Bruce is writing this these songs, you know, a lot of which I don't think the public has ever heard, uh, just off the charts, fa- fabulous songs. So now I had a platform for the drumming and the way he wanted to hear the drums. And that was 45, yeah, 45 years ago. Right. Uh, that's just, I mean, you know, it. what is what is Bruce, being with Bruce brought you as, as a drummer? I mean, obviously he's brought you, you know, wonderful career and, and all of that, but what has he brought to you, uh, kind of in your in your own in your own, you know, craft? Well, Bruce is someone who's always striving for excellence. Uh, you know, I think he's kind of got a reputation for perfectionism, but you'll never be perfect, but you can always be excellent. And that's something I learned from him directly was how to dig down deep within yourself and and discover the goods, pull the goods out of yourself. Uh, discipline I learned, uh, drive, and um, there were certain things I always had, uh, energy, and I had a certain amount of drive. The discipline uh, was something that I didn't quite have uh, in terms of, uh, uh, I did when I was a youngster, you know, I I practiced a lot and I took drum lessons, but then I sort of, uh, you know, got into rock and roll and, of music to play than the music I started with. I started with Dixieland music, um, and then rock and roll swept. Uh, I always loved it, but, but you know, it was that kind of in-between period where suddenly Elvis was gone, right. and you had pop records, and I loved all those records because they had fantastic rhythm sections. The drummers, the bass players, the piano players were great on all those, even those sort of, you know, what they would call you know, bubblegum music or, you know, not serious pop music. The rhythm sections were always great. And um, with Bruce, everything being in his band was a life lesson. You could apply it to every every avenue uh, of, your, of your life. And, you know, if I hadn't had that experience, when the band broke up in 89, right. and I kind of found it around for a while, I think we all did, uh, you know, it was, it was disjointing to be out of the band. I used that that drive and that discipline to get myself back on my feet. And uh, four years after that happened was when I ran into Conan O'Brien on the street. Right. And that led to a seventeen-year-old, a seventeen-year-long career, a full career. You know, uh, the touring with the E Street Band. That's that's more like an extended job. Right. As, opposed to a career, but being on TV five days a week, you know, and then later four days a week, but you know, it's a real job. It's a nine to five, although it's, you know, it's 11 to seven. Right, right, exactly. Well, but I learned how to be a band leader. When I talked to Nils, you know, and also in, uh, it was a, a couple of years ago, and he was getting ready to do his own tour and do his own thing and had a live record come out, and then the phone rang, and it was that guy from Freehold uh, saying, hey, we're touring the world again. Has that ever been something? I mean, you, you have to have just jumped right back into it without without any issues even after the uh even after he kind of split for a while jump back into playing yeah well, i never i never stopped playing right. and 
there is a, I, I think there is kind of a, uh, uh, a perception that it's literally a, a phone call and you leave the next day. It's, <laughs> a, it's quite a bit more uh, logistically oriented and uh, organized than that. Um, and particularly when I was on TV, I mean, you know, it was, uh, these things were planned uh, months, sometimes a year in advance. Exactly. Uh, uh, because there were a lot of moving parts. Um, uh, but in the, in the early days, uh, you know, when I joined in 74, we were, we were on the road all the time. Uh, I mean, playing every night, five, six nights a week, two-hour shows, two of them a night, traveling with ourselves. Uh, this predates, um, uh, you know, the sort of the Born USA years where it was uh, starting to get quite different in terms right. of the logistics. Well, you know, I, it, it's great to see that you've also, you, I know you had some, some health issues with, your, with, your, um, with tendonitis and things like that. How are, how are you feeling at, six, at, at, at 68, kind of back behind the skins? Does it, does it, do you feel strong? Oh, man, I am very strong. That's great. And I work out. I work at it. I watch what I eat. I work out uh, uh, mostly aerobically to uh, keep my endurance up, but the, the only way for a musician to stay in shape is to play music. Right. And, uh, which is why I go on the, uh, the road and these short tours with my own jukebox. It could be my jukebox, it could be my five-piece kind of mid-60s hard bop band. I've had a big band, like a Count Basie-ish type band uh, on the road. In my own world, I need to drum. And drumming is a communal experience. Uh, I long ago left behind the sort of sitting in my basement practicing drums, I need to go out and perform and play. Right. And I enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, 68, I play, I play hard. I play, uh, in some cases, furiously. So, you know, apart from the normal aging process, you try to hold that off. But I've heard myself playing the drums. Uh, you know, I've had uh, major back surgery a few times, my shoulder rebuilt, my fingers operated on uh, uh, with tendonitis. So it's like, you know, we're breaking, for the way we play, the intense, in-your-face, hot way we play, I think Bruce and the E Street Band have broken uh, sort of new ground in doing it as you get older. Right. Uh, particularly with those three, four-hour shows. And I've often thought that, well, I've got to stay in good shape because I've got to... <laughs> I've got to be able to play longer than Bruce. He right. can decide when he wants to stop. I can't. So, you know, I've got to stay in good shape. And the main, the key is staying relaxed. It's like if you play golf or if you do any sport, um, once you've got the relaxation down while you're doing it, um, it doesn't take a lot of muscular effort. It's, it's really about finesse and timing and willpower. Uh, but, you know, there's a, a friend of mine refers to, uh, he's a little older than me, he goes, well, uh, I woke up again with TMB syndrome. I said, TMB, what's that? He said, well, that's too many birthdays. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the aging process uh, is, uh, is uh, something that's inevitable, like uh, taxes. And uh, you try to minimize the effects if you can by... Uh, eating clean and, and living clean. Well, you wouldn't know. You, there was a beat missed on that last tour. And, you know, I guess you can't be, you won't be surprised if he brings you guys out again at least a, another time or two, right? Well, you know, I never make any preconceptions. I, right. uh, it's always a gift and a blessing when we all regroup. 
it's uh, of course uh, you know a, a a such a loss for all of us that uh, Danny and Clarence yeah. uh, aren't with us any longer, and, uh, and that changed things for uh, uh, for sure. You know, um, particularly when I think back to the early days when you know it was uh, me, Roy, Clarence, Danny, Gary, and Roy uh, in a car. Oh. You know, with Bruce traveling around, and you know, then we got a van, like an Econoline van, and that was a. I thought that was as, as great as it ever could get. Oh, you know, right. now you could. You kind. Of, we kind of leaned on each other, in a in a very real sense, in that you fall asleep, but you were held upright because we were packed so tightly into those vehicles right. uh, that you know you could fall asleep and you wouldn't fall over. Yeah. We were like sardines. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, I always look forward to it. It's, uh, uh, you know, such a blessing being able to see the world, experience cultures all over the world, and play rock and roll music, and, uh, uh, and play with an intent uh, to, to create a community rather than, you know, we're up there, we're up there on stage and you're down there in the audience. You know, really, it's all of us together. Sure. In concert, and Bruce said that, you're in concert, which means you're together. And I, I've always enjoyed being a part of that community, uh, whether it's playing with Bruce and Eastry Band, playing with my own groups. I uh, like that that feeling. I'm in, I'm in a gang, you know, and we're blowing into your town and doing the best we can. And, uh, you know, uh, listen, today there's no secret that it's not the easiest thing in the world to sell tickets for everybody. Uh, you know, from the biggest bands to, uh, in the world to... Uh, you know, my, my small groups that I take out, there's so many options for entertainment. And uh, uh, so what we try to do is give, as Bruce says, whether it's with the E Street Band or anything that I may be doing personally, try to give you a show that gives you more than your money's worth. And so you leave saying, well, that was really unique. That was different. That was quality. And uh, that's the only way I do it. Well, I've seen you play no less than 40 times. Um, <laughs> it, oh, thank you. It started with No Nukes in uh, Madison Square Garden with that short show, and then the River Third Row uh, changed my life. Um, and it's, it's just been a tremendous ride um, with you and the whole band. And what you talk about in concert, we feel we're in concert with you guys every step of the way, and that's what's made it beautiful. You know, it's not just Bruce. It's, it's all of you, man, and we love you. Well, thank you. We love you all, too. You know, without the audience and people who appreciate uh, long-term what uh, Bruce is writing and singing about and uh, and, what the, and, and with the support of the E Street Band, uh, you know, it's a, it's a terrific communal experience, and I hope we get to experience it all again together. Oh, I hope so, too, man. And I'm going to really try to get to the barns um, and, and check Please out the Please do. Great venue. Yeah. Great venue. Great people there. It's convenient. It's a fun night, uh, you sure give your listeners the date, and I hope to see them all down there. Yeah, we will be down there. I'm actually a midlife singer. It started 15 years ago, and I've been in rock bands for since I was 48, and one of the greatest experiences of my life, and uh, sang on the stage at the Barnes once in an Elvis Costello tribute, and so it is a beautiful room, and um, man, thank Max, thanks so much for taking the time with me. It's made my year, and... Uh, you know, keep keep rocking, man. It sounds like things are going so well, and I, I can't wait to see you play again. Well, thank you, Steve. I'll see you there. All right, Max. Thank you, man. Take care. You bye too. Bye bye now. 
You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.